Welcome to Resilience Unraveled. Hi everybody and welcome to Resilience Unraveled, a podcast that examines all aspects of personal and organisational resilience. A huge all-encompassing subject that covers the ability to thrive in life by harnessing your cognitive, emotional, physiological and contextual abilities. I share stories from people who have thrived despite remarkable obstacles, as well as highly successful practitioners and experts across a range of topics. And this podcast introduces their amazing stories and expertise, as well as my own reflections, perspectives, strategies and tips, which come from my own synthesis of themes and trends from wider learning. You can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and eBooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com. Then search for Resilience Unraveled. So, let's get started. Enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Resilience Unraveled. And um, I'm delighted to be joined today uh, by Jennifer Villanil, which I hope is the correct pronunciation. It's one of those words, isn't it? It's, it's sort of say what you see or say what you hear, whatever it is. So, um, hi, Jennifer. Hello, thank you for having me. Pleasure. And you you hail from somewhere exciting and somewhere I've been and really loved. So tell me about it. Yeah, so I'm um, originally and, and still in Chicago. I did a little stint in, um, in Florida and then I came running back after college. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm downtown Chicago and, and we've been here um, for maybe 15 years. So we love it. Yeah. And it's, it's, of course, it's weather similar to our own. So it's, you know, it's windy and it's chilly and you have snow and, you know, fantastic, isn't it? Real seasons. Uh, Although this year, I think we skipped spring. We went straight from winter to summer. So I don't know. I don't know. We're still still in winter here. It was nine nine degrees yesterday centigrade when we went out. So, uh, and that's the last, that was yesterday was the last day of May. So, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. That's enough about the weather. So tell us a little bit, a bit about what it is that you do and who you are and what you're yeah, So um, I've been an advertising executive for uh, about 18 years, but my passion, um, I mean, I have passion in advertising, but kind of my side passion, I would say, uh, is podcasting. And so I have a podcast called My Almost Midlife Crisis. And then Um, In 2020, I actually wrote my first book um, called What a Year, a COVID Journal. Um, And uh, most recently, in about uh, mid-April, I was actually, for the first time in my career, laid off from advertising. um, And I was also 13 weeks pregnant at the time. So, um, So I would like to say that while maybe season one for my podcast was me kind of thinking that I was getting close to a midlife crisis, I would say now I feel like I'm officially in it um, because I really don't know. I really don't know what's next. um, And that's, you know, what I try to focus on with with my audience is that the midlife crisis, I truly believe, um, gets a really bad reputation, but it can really be a time for positive change in our lives and it can be much more exciting and and kind of interesting than maybe we normally talk about yeah it's true um it's interesting how it's 
it's been defined differently now as well. So, so what's your definition of the midlife crisis? When does it start or finish? Or I think um, does, does it I have think a start or finish? Start, yeah, I mean, I think it can start at different times. I think um, obviously there's a reason why it was originally deemed the midlife crisis, and that's because at some point around midpoint in our lives, we start um, reevaluating things. Um, and I think that that still holds true. But I was actually reading this interesting um, article back in, in 2020 or saying that the pandemic was um, almost causing this like early midlife crisis for people because they had time to really sit and think about their life choices, right? And, and that's, that's really what a midlife crisis is. It's this time to reevaluate you know, what is going on in your life? That could be your career. It could be your relationships, um, you know, who you are as a person. And is this, is this who you want to be? And is this what you want to be doing for the next chapter in your life? Um, or are there things that maybe need to change so that the next chapter is better than the last? And I think that's really, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's what a midlife crisis is. It's a period of reevaluation of our lives so that we can make appropriate changes and still have time to kind of make the changes as well as um, as well as benefit from the changes that we made. So by that definition, you could be in a midlife crisis when you're 18 or, um, or 103. Um, I think the, I think the main difference is uh, the reason why it kind of really is a midlife crisis uh, a little bit later in life. Like I'll be turning forty this year, um, so a little bit later in life is because the difference is this like sense of mortality, right? Like you don't have that at eighteen. Like I thought I would live forever. I thought I had all the time in the world, right? Um, I was it, I was just nothing could happen to me. But the older you get, the more you start realizing that a lot of time has passed and that actually you don't have an unlimited source of time. And so that sense of mortality creates this almost like uncomfortable feeling or anxiety around, um, I need to make changes. Mm. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when we talk about midlife crisis, it's like, people went out and bought a sports car or they cheated on their spouse with like someone half their age. Right. It's like these really just dis disruptive. Yeah. It's, it's like these things that are, are disruptive or destructive in their yeah. lives. Um, and I think that that happens because of that sense of mortality creates this urgency to, to act quickly and, um, but I think that the key and, and what I've been trying to do during my own is if we just hold off on acting and we actually take the time to self-reflect and realize like, why do we feel uncomfortable right now? Like what is, what is creating this desire for change? If we can really understand ourselves better, then we can make the right choices in order to move forward in a healthy way and, and honestly it doesn't have to be as stressful as mm. you know as just ruining your your marriage <laughs> yeah. 
And it's interesting because you think about the average time hominids have been on the planet. The, it, the, the life expectancy of a hominid is about 40 years, and oh. give or take. And, and so this, this idea that actually we reach that age, we should be dead. So it's like, well, what now then? But also this other idea right. that, that, you know, it takes about 40 to get rid of all your parental values, you know, the ones that you okay. were given. So if you're having children at the age of 20, you're really bringing them up with grandfather and grandmother values. So it's, it's that sort of shaking out of um, who, who was I, that who I was I shaped to be versus how was my experience pointed to me to be sort of thinking about where I want to be for myself. It's, it's, it's an interesting yeah. time, isn't it? And you often see this. This, um, I like the, the way you described it as a destructive thing. And actually, lots of change comes from destruction. So it's obviously healthy and cathartic in a funny sort of way if you see it as such. Yeah, I think that it can be. And, and it's funny, you know, in terms of raising kids, like you're absolutely right. Like I, I was a very late bride. I got married at, at almost 39. I got married in 2021. I'm now... In my second trimester, I'll have my child when I'm 40, my first child. And yeah, you know, doing those kind of big life changes later in life is, is completely different in the way you think about it, right? Like the things that matter to you during those stages are so different when you're 40 versus when you're in your 20s, like even down to the bachelorette party, right? It's like what really matters in the bachelorette party and what are you gonna be doing to now is where my husband and I are planning, like what kind of parents are we gonna be and, and what, do we, what do we value? Like do we, I grew up Catholic, I grew up going to church, my husband did not, um, I don't, really ever since watching the movie spotlight, I don't really go to church <laughs> as much anymore. Um, but I still, you know, believe in the teachings. And so that's been a big conversation we've been having, which of course is very different than how my parents believe we should raise a kid. We're like, do we even baptize? Is that authentic to who we are? Or am I just doing that because I, I feel like I, I should because I was right. And it's, mm. It is really interesting. And, and I think having a kid also puts this additional spin on it where when I got laid off, I was like, do I go rush into a full-time job right now when I'm going to have to, um, you know, I'm going to have to take some time off in, in less than six months. Um, and if I did, yeah, yeah. And, and if I did, what would I even do? because now my priorities are slightly different. I, I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. I have all the respect for stay-at-home moms in the world. I would go insane if I did that, but I don't want to be stay-at-home. But at the same time, what I'm looking for in my next role now is something that it needs to be something that truly excites me and makes me feel fulfilled because the trade-off is going to take time away from this little human being that, I'm excited to join our family, right? So, so it's almost like it better be worth my while in order for me to do that. And yeah. so it's a completely different frame when thinking about my next step in the career. Yes. Yes, 40 is a funny old age, isn't it? Because it's entirely possible for you to be having a child who is 20 and um, be 40 as much okay. as you know the first one. And what most parents will say is that you make all these um, rational decisions and then you clap eyes on the child and, you, and your whole perspective changes anyway. But you're right about that sense of mortality. That's what having a child gives you. 
So I suppose you've got to be careful not to lose your own sense of fun and, you know, humor and childishness. Yeah, like, you know, we all have it like, in our inner stuff. Time is limited and, and we, we don't plenty. have all the time in the world, but we still have time. Well, if you look at uh, the work of Peter Rattier, and he talks about the Centurion Olympics, so you've got at least, got at least 60 years. So, I mean, you know, um, of healthy oh, yeah. life. <laughs> I don't think we need to get too despondent. I mean, I'm 27, but I, lo- I know I look a bit older. <laughs> but um, I think there's, I think there's a, a, a fresh approach to ageing now, isn't there, about um, these resets in part of our lives. And it's interesting how the traditional 40s one often slips back to the 30s or the 50s, isn't it? That conventional midlife seems to have sort of shuffled around, which is old, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it's 40, 40 feels definitely like a milestone, like coming up on it. It feels very different than when I turned 30 or, or, or really any other age. But at the same time, I think to your point earlier, it's an exciting time because we're about to embark on this whole new chapter. We're in a place in our lives where we're, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're trying to just get started and you're trying to figure things out. You're living like paycheck to paycheck, you know, you're paying off student loans maybe. And then you get to your thirties and you start getting a little bit more comfortable and you're able to like enjoy and go on vacations for the first time, right? Not have to worry about taking time off. And, but now it's like, we start, you start feeling a little bit more comfortable in, in, in who you are, but then you also start thinking about, you know, I mean, I've, my husband and I have always been kind of the type of people that are always just trying to strive to be better and, and, and really whether it be, you know, physical fitness or even just like mental and, and, and spiritual health. It's like, how do we just, just strive to be better. And now that we're bringing a kid into the world, now all of a sudden it's like, you know, are we at a place where like now we're going to be role models like every day and are we, are there additional changes that we want to make um, in order to be who we want to be for this little girl. So it's like, you know, it's, it's a, to me, it's, it, it's a stressful time. I mean, losing a job while you're pregnant was probably like well, a low moment, I would say, um, because it's all of a sudden, like the first time in my life, I'm not completely financially independent, which is, which is a very uncomfortable feeling for me. Um, but at the same time, it's it's exciting because there is still so much opportunity to make decisions so that things are better looking forward. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it's a it's a really interesting time. And then there's like times, you know, in situations where you go in and you feel uh, you feel really old, like you're the oldest person in the room. And then there's times you go in and you feel like you're young. And it's like this really in-between age where it almost feels like you don't always know where you fit in. Well, in 10 years' time, you look back at it and realise you wished you were back there. That's all I can say to you. So you you lost the job, gained gained some perspective, and started a podcast. So, you know, that's another form of birth, isn't it? So tell me about why podcasting. Why? I mean, you don't have to tell me, but tell everybody else why yeah. podcasting and how much how, how much of a millionaire are you already from podcasting? <laughs> um, 
so yeah, podcasting, you know, the audio, I would say like the audio art form has always been really interesting to me. I actually, when I went to college, I wanted to be like the next Howard Stern. I wanted to be in radio. Uh, I didn't, I tried radio actually uh, for a couple of times. I actually got fired twice from it. And they said that if you get fired three times from radio, that means you're going to be successful. And I was like, well, this doesn't sound like something I want to do. <laughs> so then I switched over to advertising and found success there. But there's always been this part of me that, um, I don't know, maybe felt like I gave up on it a little early. And so, um, you know, during the pandemic, um, when I started writing my book, my, my book is really you know, when we went, when we went into lockdown here and, and Chicago uh, was very conservative when it came to lockdowns and, and uh, social distancing and, and regulations, et cetera, versus some of the rest of the country. Um, and I literally went from my bachelorette party in New Orleans, flew home to complete lockdown. Um, and it was, as it was happening, you know, I started thinking about this feels like it's going to be a big deal. I didn't think it was going to last as long as it did, but I was like, I, I, in the moment I was like, this feels like it's going to be something I want to want to remember, especially because we were supposed to get married May, 2020. We had to push that back, which also meant starting a family later. Um, and so I started just keeping a journal, which I'm not normally a journal writer. Mm. Um, so I started keeping a journal. And I kept it the entire pandemic through the U.S. election, which, you know, a lot going on there through all the social unrest, a lot going on there, especially in downtown Chicago. Um, so I was just keeping a journal for my own kind of period of self-reflection and, and just trying to figure out what was going on in, in my own mind, really, and around me. Um, and then my last entry was when I got my second vaccine shot because it felt like, well, that's the end <laughs> or, or so we hoped. Um, and then I was going to just make it into a book as a, just a keepsake for myself. But then I realized uh, through all of that, that all of the books about COVID were very like, how do we get here from a scientific and, and political standpoint? But they weren't really just like, as a human being, yeah. what was it like to live through it? Not how you remember it, but actually how you felt in that moment. Yeah. And so I decided to publish it. And during that process and during that self-reflection is when I started thinking, it feels like I'm almost going through a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, this podcast, I had some extra time on my hands because I was working remotely and business was slower in advertising during that time. So I was like, maybe I should just try this podcast thing. And maybe I should call it my almost midlife crisis because that's what I truly felt like I was going through. And I knew I wasn't the only one going through it. And so I started it back in January, 2021. And season one was about 51 episodes. Wow. And it was, you know, a variety of personal what was going on as well as what was being talked about in the news, like why are millennials more likely to be renters than buyers, um, to uh, like a Women's History Month episode, which I'm pretty passionate about, to getting married later, you know, just different kind of things at this stage in life that you go through. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, I took a little break for a couple, for a couple weeks. Um, once I got laid off to just, um, like gather my, <laughs> gather my, my senses, um, and decided that, you know what, season two is truly going to be me figuring out what the heck is next. Um, and doing that in hopes of if I can be really open and authentic that, you know what, like this, this can be scary and it can be hard. And sometimes self-reflection is the hardest part because sometimes you have to admit that maybe you made choices you shouldn't have, or there's things about yourself that you actually do want to change. And that, that can be the most challenging part for people. Um, but if I can be open and authentic about that, then, and, and, and kind of get out on the other side, then, um, you know, hopefully I can inspire other people to do the same and, and not, not get stuck in that fear, but actually use that as a motivator to, to, you know, do something good and, and yeah. to come out the other side better. I think it's that thing about if you get stuck, it's how do you, what, what do you do next, isn't it? And I mean, yeah. for you, the events took their own turn, I suppose. But for other people, they're, they're stuck without those catalysts that you had. I mean, everyone had COVID, but uh, lots of us saw COVID as a positive thing, of course, which is just, you know, a different perspective on things. But um, tell us how we find the podcast. Um, tell us your web address, all that sort of stuff that people are going to find you on. Yeah, so the podcast is available pretty much wherever you get your podcasts, um, but you can also go to myalmostmidlifecrisis.com, and you can see there uh, where the podcast is. You can actually subscribe and get the transcripts right to your inbox, um, or you can um, also just listen to the podcast right on the website. So it's all it's all kind of there. Very good. And and to go to 50 episodes so quickly, that's pretty impressive. You must have been cranking them out. <laughs> I was doing the best I could, um, but I will say, I think that's like right now as I'm trying to figure out my next step in my career, I think that's the thing that brought me back to the podcast because I was like, that was the one thing. And that's sometimes helpful when you're thinking about how do I get unstuck? It's what's something that you're doing that you don't have to do? that you're motivated to do anyway. And like the podcast, as you know, podcast is a lot of work. Um, And I'm like, I did 51 episodes of this podcast. No one paid me. If anything, I spent my own money on it and I still did it. And I kept up with it considering everything that happened um, that year that I was like, maybe I should dive a little deeper into this and, and, maybe just see if, if I can do something with it. Are you going to Dallas in August to podcast movement? I am not because I can no longer travel as oh, a of course you can't. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you've yeah. got full of excuses. That's, that's the thing. I was going to say, I'll meet you there. Otherwise. <laughs> I would love to. Maybe uh, next year. Yeah, it's um, as of mid-August or beginning of August, I yeah. am done traveling. To the Especially down there. Well, look, it's been an absolute joy, joy and uh, my almost midlife crisis is, um, sounds really a fascinating idea. I'm off to listen to a couple now and uh, perhaps have another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, well, brilliant. You so okay, well, thanks ever so much. And um, ah, very interesting. I, I, I like the concept. I'm going to have a listen. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You take care. 
everybody. I hope you found that episode useful and interesting. Feedback is always welcomed, and if you're in the mood to subscribe to us or even leave a comment on iTunes or Stitcher, that would be amazing. If you want to suggest ideas or even people you would like me to interview, then reach out to us at qedod.com forward slash contact. As I said earlier, you can go to qedod.com forward slash podcast for show notes or follow the links. And you can go to qedod.com forward slash extras to access offers, tools and resources, including free articles and ebooks. For those of you that would be interested in supporting our work and contributing more proactively, you can find our new Patreon page at patreon.com, then search for Resilience Unraveled. I look forward to being in your ear next time around. Take care.